Good morning. morning. Welcome to Aldersgate. We're glad you're here this morning, ready to worship the Lord, to pray for each other, and to learn a little bit more about living life in faith. Uh, We have a few announcements. As always, our monthly mission, which how many of you have ever been in a church where they had a monthly mission? I just thought I'd point that out. Harry, but you probably started it. You probably were their monthly mission. It's not common, but it's such a wonderful gift for a community and for those who benefit from uh, the the resources we raise for them. This, This month, it is the Winthrop Wesley Foundation something that's near and dear to my heart. I sit on their board, and um, they they are very scrupulous about their funding and about their ministry on campus. When Charlie first arrived, he had a class where everyone graduated except one student. So they went from almost 30 students to one. It is tough rebuilding a ministry on a college campus. Uh, But now they're back up to seven, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you don't know the work that's required to make that happen. Um, so, So they are a blessing to that school. The very first Family and Friends Fellowship will be Sunday, May 7th, following worship. It's designed so we can invite someone who doesn't regularly attend. The church will provide the meat. The rest of us are asked to bring side dishes and desserts, and there is a sign-up sheet on the bulletin board. Drivers for occasional runs to the grocery store or to doctor's appointments are needed. I, I was talking to a lady last night whose husband has a lot of medical issues and appointments coming up. And she, she works. And so the first thing I, I went to is what all Methodists go to. Do you need food? Um, and of course the answer was always the same, no, please, no. But I said, now, can, can I help your husband? Pastors have more flexible schedules than most, and if I'm not available, others in the church are, can we drive him to appointments when you're not available? That, she said, she might consider. So if you'd be interested in driving, please let us know, and we'll put you on the list. The Young at Hearts meet Friday at 11.30 at Luigi's. Evangelism and Outreach, Harry's favorite meeting, will meet on Tuesday at 6.30, and that is in person. You want to say anything more about it, Harry? Yes. 2019 was the last year that Saukahatchee Summer Service operated uh, uh, normally before uh, the plague started. That was, 
there were over 50 camps in South Carolina. Last year, they, they started operating again, only 14 camps. This year, there's over 40. And one of them's going to be all the way over in Clover. And if anyone's interested in Sakahatchee Summer Service, it's the last week in July when it's nice and warm. First United Methodist Church in Clover. Thank you, Harry. The SPRC will meet a week from tomorrow. That is a Ring Central meeting at 6.30, so please show up, SPRC. You don't want to miss Audrey's first venture. Oh, yeah, you'll be leading that thing, Audrey. We want you to. We, we voted you there. Okay. And now, Al. Uh, yes, I wanted to uh, add on to what Harry said, the Salkahatchee for the summer. Uh, we've got a week that we are going to hopefully serve either breakfast or lunch. So uh, I'll be sending out some at least some Emails to the men, we're going to try to figure out whether we're going to do a breakfast or lunch. Um, Fran has another comment about that as well. The other thing I want to mention, we had our shredding day yesterday, and I think that went very well. It was from 3 to 6, and we got $507 in donations from 3 to 4, and we got $5 between 4 and 6. So <clears throat> we can show how we can uh, reduce these kind of efforts, the time frame that we do these things, maybe two hours instead of three hours. But, uh, all right, Fran, did you have something to uh, add on the Salkahatchee? Uh, I do. Um, the week they have not had, even prior to COVID, for a couple weeks then, did not have a Salkahatchee here in Rock Hill. But they are going to have one this year. And I have talked to a lady who I believe is a member there, Lori Phillips. And she's responsible for getting meals the dates are June the 24th through July the 1st. And um, I'm going to brag on Sissy because she has volunteered with a little twisting arm so she could use some help on that Wednesday, which is the 28th, to do lunch. But we still are hoping that some others, I know the men in the past have done a breakfast. And so if you'll let me know so I can let Lori know, um, as well as I'm sure, like Harry said, they need campers. She said her daughter is in charge of it for the state, and it's, uh, it's coming in very slowly, the numbers of people. And Al, why don't you tell people what you'll be doing a week from this Saturday? Uh, what was that again? No. <laughs> Uh, lay Servant Ministries is, is a training opportunity throughout the United Methodist Church, and that's, they have training sessions maybe quarterly, I think, right? different locations around, and it's not necessarily only for lay speakers, lay ministers, but, but it's any, anybody who wants to learn about various Aspects of the church, um, there's polity that uh, pastor is teaching on. Um, I'm teaching one on the basic, the basic class that's coming up, and, and this will be in Saturday, a week, a week from this Saturday, that weekend, Saturday and Sunday. 
So anybody can sign up, even if you're not planning on becoming a, a lay, you know, a lay, a lay speaker or a lay minister. If you just want to learn more about United Methodist Church, there's an opportunity for that. Mm -hmm. Anything else to add? That's good. They're, uh, they're, they're all they're in different churches. Um, I think Stephen, Pastor Stephen, and I will be in York, um, Trinity. Trinity. And then there's Cornerstone, and then also Philadelphia, I think. Mm -hmm. Different classes, but they're on the on the um, umcsc.org site. Mm -hmm. Lay Ministries, you can find that with a little bit of searching. Yeah, and the Rock Hill website would have it, and I happen to serve on that leadership committee. And I want you to hear that that it's not just for raising lay speakers. Some people just aren't interested in the pulpit. Why? That is beyond me. Um, just because this is the most vulnerable place you will ever stand in your life. Um, but besides that, it is an incredible opportunity to share your faith from the pulpit. And so there is a way for that to happen as a layperson. But even more, there are such wonderful classes that are, are totally there to build your faith. Uh, if your prayer life is weakening or feels weak compared to others, there are classes on prayer that are amazing. There are classes on evangelism. Well, I don't want to name all the subjects. There, there are just so, so many classes. And take advantage of them. Um, they'll, they'll do much for you. I have one more announcement, but I want to make sure y'all have any more. If it's about the yard sale, sit down. Okay, good. Stand up. Keep talking. Good morning. As you see in our bulletin, uh, next Sunday is United Women in Faith Sunday. We would like to send the men out of the choir to the congregation next Sunday, and we'd like to fill their seats with women from the congregation. So we have an all-female choir uh, next Sunday morning. We'll meet at 10 o'clock to go over a song that you will easily be able to sing that's appropriate for this Sunday. So we invite you to consider uh, ladies joining us in the choir loft next Sunday morning. Thank you. And the biggest event of the season. Billy Graham had his crusades. Our choir has a, a yard sale. I'm doing the best I can to get people excited. This is good stuff. And it starts at 7.30, and there will be people here at 7.30. Have you ever been around yard sale people? They'll show up at 7 o'clock just to see if they can get a short peek. Won't they? And that's what you want, isn't it, choir? Very good. Oh, y'all are good. Y'all are good. Seriously, it will be taking place uh, this Saturday, 22nd, from 7.30 to 11.30. Please bring your donations to the fellowship hall starting today. If no one is in the building, do not leave them outside the doors. I think that's fair to say, right? Yes. All right. 
Um, that, that's a, a big event, folks, and we're glad it's happening. We need to support the choir in all sorts of ways, and that's just one way we can do it that's not real difficult. Do you all need any help from us? Sure. Thank you, Steve. So you can bring your donations to the church, as Steve said, starting today. We'll be here. The choir's going to be here each evening tonight through Friday, except Wednesday, and we'll be in choir practice. But you can bring your donations here from 6.30 till 7.30 each evening other than Wednesday, and then during office hours when the office is open during the week as well. And if anybody needs assistance with getting donations to the church, you can contact me and my phone number is in the bulletin and we'll coordinate somebody helping you to get your donated items here at the church. Thank you. Thank you, Connie. And let us now stand for the presentation of the cross, the lighting of the candles, and the coming of the Easter Christ into our lives. Let us join together in our call to worship. Look where our Lenten journey has brought us. We walked the seashore and the hills with Jesus. We went to the upper room and to the garden of sorrows. We stood at the cross and we hid in a room out of fear. Now we are here in the splendor and beauty of our Lord. Everything is bursting with life. Jesus is alive. Alleluia. Alleluia. Amen.
us affirm our faith, strengthened by the knowledge that the tomb is empty. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Miss Audrey, the throngs of children. <laughs> That's all right. I got the most important one here today. <laughs> Isn't that right? Good. Okay, there is a very interesting book that I can remember my children loving and the kids that I taught at school loving to look at called Ripley's Believe It or Not. Have you ever read that book or seen that book? So it was written by a man named Robert Ripley, collecting strange and amazing bits of information, which although they seemed unbelievable, were true. So let me read some examples of some of the amazing things you would find in this book. There was a man by the name of James Cook who once had a chicken that laid a perfectly square egg. Now, oh, Auntie's not here today. Oh, there you are. Have you ever had any of your chickens, Peggy, to lay a square egg? <gasps> Double yolks, whites, greens, blues, but never a square. Okay. Joanne Barnes was a 15-year-old girl from California who once swung a lot of hula hoops on her body at the same time. Now, how many do you think she swung on her body at the same time? Maybe like five? How about 68? That's a lot, okay? I can't even keep one hula hoop going much less 68. I think that would also be hard to believe if I didn't see it. Here's one I bet you didn't know. How long do you think the world's largest hot dog was? How long? 
Oh, girl, she said a yard, three feet. The world's largest hot dog was over 3,000 feet long. It weighed 885 pounds and took 103 butchers to carry it. Now, that's a lot of baloney. <laughs> I would have had to see that to believe it, too. This book is filled with things that are very hard for us to believe. But do you know what? If it's true, it's true, whether I believe it or not. In today's Bible lesson, we learn that on the Sunday that Jesus rose from the grave, he appeared to a group of his disciples. One of those disciples, whose name was Thomas, was not with them. When the disciples told Thomas that they had seen Jesus and that he was alive, Thomas said, I won't believe it until I see it with my own eyes. I want to put my finger in the nail prints on his hands and place my hand where the spear was thrust through his side. A week later, Thomas saw Jesus. Jesus invited Thomas to touch his hands where the nails had been. He told Thomas to put his hand in the wounds in his side. Then Thomas believed. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. A lot of people today won't believe that Jesus really rose from the grave because they didn't see him with their own two eyes. Do you know what? It is true whether they believe it or not. You and I have never seen Jesus, but we believe. We accept him by what's called faith. We don't have to see it to believe it. Okay. Can we bow our heads and close our hands for a short prayer? Dear Jesus, thank you that you help us to accept by faith that you have risen from the grave and that you are alive. In Jesus' name, all the children say, Amen.
I uh, received a text. Um, it was actually a copy of a Facebook post from Cheryl Stowe. Her parents evidently, you going to help me out with this, Lynn? I see you nodding your head. Her parents were charter members of this church. And, thank you. John and Clara Rast. And she's married to Holland. Holland has several health issues. And uh, she's the person I talked to about maybe helping with rides and food and anything else we can do. So we are going to remember that family in prayer this morning. We, of course, want to remember Linda and Marjorie. Uh, Linda's not doing well, so we need to pray harder. Marjorie seems to be getting stronger each day. She's fussing at nurses. That's always a good sign. And she was having a hard day Friday morning, and I showed up about 1030, and everything was much better um, by that time. Um, so, you know, she's three days out from surgery at that point, and that's always the toughest day. And so please continue to keep her and her family, Pam and Nina and, and Mike, your dad's doing better, tell everybody, brag on him a little bit. Yeah, he's doing a lot better, folks, so that, that's, that's excellent. Others we can remember in prayer this morning. Donna, you still need prayer back there? Donna, do you need prayer? Continued prayer. Well, God is far better at multitasking than any of us. So God will take care of as many problems you got coming up. We God, God's on it. Hope. Robert Smith. Robert Smith. Dave. Oh, he's spilling beans on you, girl. Well, we want those spilled. We'll pray for you, too. Yes? One thing I love about the South, doesn't matter what age you are, you're going to say mom and daddy, and you're going to say my baby sister. Because I still talk about my baby sister. Anyone else? Let us pray. Lord of power, of wind, of fire, you breathed on your disciples, changing their lives and our lives too. Breathe on us again. Make the burning fire of your Holy Spirit come alive in us. Renew us so that we will never be the same. 
May we live and move only at the command of your Holy Spirit. Lead us by your wisdom, your discernment, and your goodness. Guide us as we seek to walk where you send us. And speak the words you put on our hearts to say. Help us to be like the early disciples, praying and sharing and loving and worshiping all by your guidance and power. Help us to be like Paul who changed the course of his life at your direction. Help us to be like the countless disciples through the ages who chose to follow the adventure of their faith. Fill our hearts and minds with your gifts of faith, hope, and love. Let the boldness of your Spirit transform us. May we come to trust you more so we might speak your word with courage and follow you faithfully all the days of our lives. Give us a vision to bring good news to all people, to bring freedom and peace to broken people. Take us out of our comfort zones as your church and lead us into new ways of serving you. Make us agents of your love to all people in a world where there is so much division and hate. Make us beacons of hope in all places of despair and death. We pray your protection upon our troops and their families, peacemakers across the globe. We pray your presence with those servants in our community dedicated to making healthier lives, body, mind, and soul. We pray your power to descend on your church once more, to bless our leaders with your wisdom, and to strengthen us for all your good works. Be gracious and merciful to those who struggle in life, Show them that you still roll away the stones in their lives. Hear us now as our hearts cry out for the needs of others around us. We praise you, Lord of grace and all righteousness, for the gift of your church who nourishes us, befriends us, and truly teaches us the great love you have for all of your people. Send us forth to share that love with everyone we are privileged to meet. And we thank you for empowered by your spirit we can now pray together 
the power you still teach us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Tell me Jesus died for my transgressions That he paid that price long, long time ago When he gave his life for me on a hill called Calvary But there's something else I want to know does he still feel the nails every time I fail can he hear the crowd cry crucify again am I causing him pain then I know I've got to change. I just can't bear the thought of hurting him. It seems that I'm so good at breaking promises. I treat his precious grace so carelessly but each time he forgives but if he relives the agony he felt on that tree does he still feel the nails every time I can he hear the crowd cry, crucify again? And am I causing him pain? Then I know I've got to change. I just can't bear the thought of hurting him.
time I fail Have I crucified you, Jesus, with my sin? Oh, I'm tired of playing games I really want to change I never want to hurt you again Holy 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 is the Lord Holy Holy morning. Uh, the Psalter uh, this morning is on page 748 of your hymnal, uh, and you can also follow along on the screen up above. We'll be doing response number one. My chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a glorious heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. The Lord is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Praise Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also dwells secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol, or let your godly one see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Reserve. 
Today's scripture is from John 20, verses 19 through 31. Jesus appears to the disciples. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Jesus and Thomas. But Thomas, who was called twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of his hands, of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. The purpose of this book. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Lord, we thank you for your word that never changes but always changes us. Let us hear it. Let us receive it. Make us the disciples you expect us to be by it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, it is time to stand up and shout and dance and sing like Al. It's time to get happy feet. Y'all ever had happy feet? Where you just couldn't contain yourself, you had to do something, you had to get up and get all the wiggles out? Today is that day. Because today we see the disciples of Jesus Christ meeting together for the first time after the resurrection of Jesus. And you know there is going to be some power on display now. I mean, those gathered disciples, these are the apostles themselves. And they are going to face the world and the power of resurrection. And when they are done, the whole world will be proclaiming Jesus as Lord. I mean, think about it. The streets of Jerusalem must be teeming with the great throngs who have left their homes to get in the streets, all to shout hallelujah 
to the Lord our God, to Christ our King. I mean, my goodness, how often is it you encounter an empty tomb? This is huge news. With the glory of the resurrection glowing all over the land, even the, fair, the, the pharaohs and the, 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 the Caesars must be falling on their knees in praise. And the Pharisees and Sadducees tucking their tails and running for their lives. So we open God's word on this glorious day when we're all ready to celebrate and get those happy feet. And what do we find? A bunch of disciples hiding in a locked room with a door, uh, with a chair propped up against the door under the doorknob. All is not lost. Jesus appears. And we all know that when Jesus appears, now we're going to see something. It's going like, to be like the director called action. And things get started. Well, Jesus appears. I mean, a man killed is standing in front of them, very much alive, having walked through walls to be with them. Now things are going to get good. And in a normal tone of voice, Jesus says, Receive the Holy Spirit. When he stopped speaking, there was nothing but silence. There were no words. There was not even a thank you. This is a Pentecost story. So where is the power? Where are the tongues of flame, the rushing wind we are so fond of hearing about? This Pentecost is so quiet. There's no sermon. There's no baptism. There are no signs and wonders, no 5,000 people giving their lives to Jesus that day. Frankly, it's all a bit disappointing. Let's be honest. If I had not told you that this was a Pentecost moment, Jesus saying, receive the Holy Spirit, and then breathing on them, that's Pentecost, folks. But if I had not told you that, would you have even realized that this was a Pentecost moment? And it just goes from bad to worse. Jesus, Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit into them and gives them their mission. Is it to baptize the world? Yeah. Preach to the world? Yeah. Teach everybody. Yes. The world is your parish. Did Jesus say something wonderful like that? Mmm. 
Make disciples. Transform the world. What great mission does Jesus give them? Forgive sins. Forgive sins. What about preaching or singing? We don't want Al's voice to go to waste. We want that man singing until his vocal cords can't go anymore. That's a mission. But forgive sins? That's just something you do while you're busy doing something else for God. Of course you forgive sins, but you do it while you're having a crusade, while you're having a shredder event in the parking lot, while you're in the grocery store shopping, while you're doing something else, anything else. Forgive sins can't be an entire mission, can it? Every time we turn around, we are doing one of two things. We are either eating or feeding people. We do that a lot. That's good. Jesus did it a lot too. Sissy seems to think that I'm unreasonable because I expect more than one meal a day. So we're good at eating and we're good at feeding. Well, when we last went to the Dorothy Day Soup Kitchen, well, anyone who goes there to cook and serve, I think they would tell you that I truly enjoy being with the guests. It's all sorts of fun uh, to get to know these people and, and to get into their lives. Now, it wasn't always that way. When we first met, they did not know me from Adam. It was hard to get one word from, hi, I'm the pastor. Uh-huh. Is it good? Uh, now it's a little different than that. Now they know me from Adam and Eve. Trust is built over time. And that trust is them. All, uh, to the point where they'll start picking at each other, and then they'll start picking on me. And I'll start picking back. Most of the time, we are laughing so hard and so loud that I wonder why Fran doesn't crack my knuckles and, with a ruler and shush me like a librarian. Well, this past visit, I had been visiting with the people, and I returned to the serving line to see how they were doing. And Fran asked me, how do you do that? And I gave her a quick answer. I said, it's easy. All you have to do is love them. It was a quick answer, but it was a bad answer. It implied, first of all, that the person, Fran, who asked the question didn't love them as much as I do, and nothing could be further from the truth. I have also since apologized to her, and she said, I didn't think that at all. And I said, well, I did. Why does it mean so much 
to me to be with these people. It's just conversation and laughter. So why is it such a big deal? Well, the answer actually came to me while I was preparing this sermon. And I read of Jesus just suddenly appearing. When I am with these needy children of God, I am touching wounded hands. I am touching the very place where a spear was thrust into Jesus' side. I am there to offer them Christ's love, but I am convinced that I always walk away with more of it than I gave away. Among those struggling, some of them addicted, hurting, beautiful people. I am always surprised when Jesus shows up in our midst. And I believe. I believe just a little more because of that visit. Where are you surprised by Jesus? I have been surprised by Jesus in cemeteries and beside hospital beds. I have been surprised by Jesus at family reunions. I have been surprised by Jesus appearing at some of the hardest and darkest times in people's lives. And my goodness, once or twice I've been surprised when Jesus appeared in church. Yes, gospel truth, even in church. What a quiet Pentecost. Receive the Holy Spirit, forgive sins. That was it. There's no need to call the police for crowd control there. There's no need to call the news reporters for their story. There's no movie director buying the, the rights to this scene. Receive the Holy Spirit. Forgive sins. Kind of reminds me of another time Jesus said something similar. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Do you think this Pentecost story might be more important than we realize? Amen.
God has forgiven you. Through Jesus Christ, God has forgiven you. Breathe. Unburden your hearts. Drop the guilt and the shame. Those stones have been rolled away. The tomb is empty. In Jesus' name, may your hearts be full. For God has forgiven you. Amen.